Welcome back, FPL Surgery listeners and viewers, to episode 218 of the FPL Surgery. Today is not only our first main podcast of the season, but our very first live YouTube stream as well. So thanks for joining us. As you may know, we've had the minus four to remove Josh, and in his place, we are brought in the one and only FPL Dave. Hi there, Dave. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. And obviously, as it's going to be our first stream, it's not without our technical difficulties. So apologies if he just sounded like uh, C-3PO there for like a split second. I hope that was, <laughs> it wasn't me. I don't know. Your mic kind of got you a little bit there, but it's all good. Um, thank you very much for, for joining us, everyone. Um, today, we're going to be going over fixtures and, of course, probably West Ham. Um, some Some teams that have been promoted recently and then our best formations and stuff. Um, like you said, uh, we have quite a bit to talk about, but we also have uh, someone awesome to join us. Rich, who is it? Yes, we do. We do. I mean, he's been on the pod before and he only joined FPL Twitter two years ago. And in that time, he's had a 14K finish and a 30K finish. He also specializes in other games. Uh, he came ninth in Gaffer and then 11th, 11th, I was going to say 11th, he came 11th and 4th in Champman Fantasy as well. So you may know him as FPL Lions um, or Luke. Hi there, Luke. How's it going? It's going very, very well. Yeah, I have I have no idea why on earth you got me on. We, we chatted about it beforehand. There's so many different amazing people you could have got on, but um, unfortunately for everybody watching, you have <laughs> to put up with me. I will try my best to uh, entertain you for an hour or so. Your knowledge is insane. I appreciate it. And everyone and like, else was probably, busy. No. Should, we, should we quiz <laughs> quiz Luke quickly? Like, no, please don't. You can't just throw a quiz at someone. Please well, you can actually. You it might be funny. Can, no, I, you, you know what? I'm on your side. <laughs> Although I can only think of really hard questions that I won't know the answer to. What did I have for dinner tonight, Luke? Uh, you, you were saying before the pod, you love flapjacks. <laughs> no, I said I love flapjack. <laughs> I hate flapjacks. <laughs> but yes, I did have those for dinner. He's so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so let, let's move on let's move on from that so obviously we're, we're on we're on youtube so D dave people need to like and subscribe is that right well they don't have to yeah do you want to do like a thing i could do it if you want you've been practicing though I've, i believe in you and if anyone has, is following our twitter or not you will eventually see his very first attempt at doing it we're going to post it it was amazing but um if you're here for the first time please like and subscribe we are obviously just trying to build this channel up so it'd be amazing if you guys could come back and we could see you in the chat more often. That'd be awesome. Um, and if not, if you don't want to, if you don't feel like it, just leave now because we are going to be amazing. We're going to be the biggest thing ever in just like maybe three weeks or so. Not going to take us very long at all and you could help us get there. So yeah, subscribe. That'd be great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dave. And thanks, thanks for listening to that, everyone. Because of that, we won't even bother mentioning the Patreon. Um, so we're, let's, let's get straight, straight into it. Let's get straight onto the headlines. Um, so you've outlined them already, Dave, but our first headline is going to be a, a look at fixtures. Now, this season, we're very pleased to be partnered with Fantasy Football Hub. So we can actually, for those, for those watching, um, we're going to be sharing data from, from the website, from the members area on Fantasy Football Hub. Um, so like I said, the first one is fixtures. So if, if we start with that, so the first screen is going to be basically, we, we it's hard to know what kind of time frame to do fixtures over. So we're just going to do the first five game weeks. I think that can be a fair way to look at it. But Luke, when, you, when you're building your game week one team, how many fixtures are you looking at? I think it's quite a tough one, isn't it? I, I know a lot of people like their early wild cards. I, I, I went for it last year, not by choice. I had so many injuries and a suspension or two and ended up 
wild card and I think game week three or game week four ended up with team value of 103.5 after only four game weeks which I was very happy with but obviously then further down the line you you really struggle when things switch up personally for me I'm looking at the first eight I know here we're, we're, we're looking at the, the the opening five the key ones to look at obviously Liverpool look fantastic I, I think Salah is as essential as essential can be I know people don't like that word Brighton look very good <laughs> obviously Sanchez is the goalkeeper people people like the, the, the issues are obviously um Chelsea and City who probably defensively are the best teams in the league but their opening fixtures don't look great so do you want to risk spots on City and Chelsea assets where they might rotate you know you, you could quite easily pick Cancelo and he pe- ends up playing Tottenham away Arsenal at home Leicester away and miss the Norwich and Southampton game and at that point six million's just ridiculous value isn't it so it's, yeah. it's a it's a tough one for me personally I'm looking at I'm looking at the opening eight fixtures Oh, wow. So you're looking at quite a few. I think something I want to do is try and get my defenders right this year, because I feel like last year I got my defenders completely wrong. Like You've just mentioned like Cancelo, for example. Just your defenders last year, mate. I mean, it, it, <laughs> thank you, Dave. Yeah, it was it was a little more than that, but that was that was the No, no, was we, the can, we can focus on defenders. No, I like it. Good idea. Start thank small. Thank you, Dave. That's, that's very kind. Uh, <laughs> um, but... Dave, I mean, what do you think about the fixtures? Are you looking over eight weeks or a little bit less? Or Definitely less. Um, last season, I started the whole wildcard early, make up value, get in everyone who everyone is trying to get in and then uh, attack players that not many people will be able to get to because they haven't wildcard. And then as the game goes on, you're slowly in front of everyone because you wildcarded early and hopefully you can counteract uh with the people who are going to be wildcarding as late as possible and, and they'll get their foot up, uh, you know, in, in 16 weeks. So I've started doing the wildcard very early. So I've actually only started looking at fixtures um, for the first three or four fixtures, maybe at the most seven because there's a bit of a fixture swing. So we'll probably go through that in a little bit. But yeah, the uh, the the fixtures that I've been looking at are, are definitely just like very, very short term to start out with. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. I think, so if we, first of all, if we go on to maybe the defensive fixtures, because I think something at the moment that's quite difficult is obviously with the transfer window still being open, it's it's kind of hard to suggest players that you're realistically definitely going to get. There's yeah. a lot, but something that's not going to change, well, hopefully, based on last season, it could. Something that shouldn't <laughs> change is, is, the, is the fixtures. Um, so Luke, what kind of players are you looking at defensively? Obviously, you already mentioned Brighton. Um, that's obviously going to be quite a popular one. Obviously, Lamptey may or may not, probably may not be fit. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm. I was never on on Lamptey even before the news of the other day. I was on. I was on Dunk. Um, mm. I, I, I like him a lot. He he had 15 shots on target last season, the most of anyone in the league. Five goals. So you add that to to Brighton's defence, who realistically got incredibly unlucky. You know, as, as much as people might not be a fan of the older expected goals and and all those sort of statistics, Brighton should have had a fantastic season if, if they. I, I remember watching the game where they were at home to Palace and Palace had two shots which accumulated to, I believe, 0.2 XG. And they managed to put both of them in, including like a 15-yard volley from Ben Teke, who hadn't <laughs> scored for weeks. So it's just, it's, Brighton just seems to be one of those teams that every shot that, that went against them went in the net. And I'm hopeful that, especially with this nice run at the start, they can turn that around and get some clean sheets. And Lewis Dunk's one of those players that out of nowhere can get you a 15-pointer, which... Just absolute gold dust in FPL, isn't it? 
Yeah, I, I really like Lewis Dunk. I think it's just being tight is the reason I was looking at the cheaper players because, I mean, Lamptey last season, he was very, very frustrating. It was hard to predict when he's going to play, but someone like Dunk, you know he's going to play. Yeah. And I always remember him for, I think there was a lunchtime kickoff against Tottenham once and he got like a 15-point, a clean sheet assist. He's very good at bonus points, which you may yeah. have mentioned. Um, so I, I do like that shower. It's just obviously, and I, I guess we'll get on to players like Soufal in our West Ham segment. There's, there's a lot of players in that five million, five million range. Um, what about other teams you're looking at defensively? Yeah, obviously the obvious one is, is Trent. I think most people will be on him. Fixtures look pretty nice. So I think it's just safe to go with him. He, he, he underperformed and, and obviously Liverpool's defence underperformed massively. The, the one that I'm, I'm struggling with is, as I, as I said earlier, Manchester City. I think if, if, if someone said, pick a team there, they get three clean sheets in their opening five. You'd mm. probably say Man City. You've got Norwich and Southampton at home, which are bankers for clean sheets. And you'd expect them to then get one in the Tottenham, Arsenal and Leicester games. But can you, even if you said, all right, we'll just pick Diaz, could you 100% say, oh, he'll definitely play against Norwich? It's, you just never know with Man City. And it's, it's incredibly difficult. And as, as, you, as you just said, you want to make those easy, you get those easy points and not make too many defensive changes early on. City and Chelsea, you're just you're you're looking for trouble, aren't you? Yeah. So I mean, that that's it, why I like that Lewis Dunk because, as you just said, he plays every game. He, he gets a few shots on target. It's it's just basic, boring stuff. What do you, what do you think, um, Dave? Are you, are you, do you know what kind of defenders you're you're looking at getting? I think because of the uh, the early wild card, like I mentioned, I'm probably going to go a bit differential in defense for a little bit like and i know it probably isn't as differential as i'd like it to be simply because of their great fixtures but i would love to just go double liverpool just to see how it looks like a robertson trent lineup um maybe chuck in um to brighton as well just because they're the top of the the fixture ticker um but i'm i'm not against like absolutely changing my mind and getting three west ham players if, if that's what comes out of today so we will we will absolutely see i mean i'm not I'm I'm sure about the early wild card for for definite. So I I really don't want to go with, you know, Trent Shaw, Fofana and one of the Brighton guys and then move on, right? I wanna I wanna kinda I wanna kinda attack the first couple of fixtures. So if that means I need to uh you know, be a bit more creative than than I will do. The interesting thing is though, if you go for say Trent and Robertson, is when the game was first launched, everyone was purring over these there's so many 4.5 million defenders like eiling and like we thought lamptey yeah um i guess maybe you could replace them with webster people were talking about just going for five of those and i, I guess if you go for the two liverpool boys unless you're going to play four at the back you're not maximizing having these really good 4.5 million defender assets and i, I guess under the under the fourth headline we're going to get more into formations etc yeah um but yeah, I mean, just on defenders as well, um, if we come to you, Luke, I mean, are there any 4.0s you're looking for? Are you looking at just going for, you know, all playing defenders? Yeah, so for me, I, I personally don't think there'll be many 4 million defenders that start. The The only one that I think may start game week one and maybe a few games in is um, Omar Bamideli at Norwich. Um, but their, their good pronunciation are- there. Their fixtures are awful. They've got uh, Liverpool, City, Leicester, Arsenal in the first four. So, yeah, you can get a four million defender in. But actually, I I think he'll, I think someone like Grant Hanley, who's injured, will outscore him by not playing. <laughs> so it's, it's one of those where, yeah, you can get him in for four million. But what's the point? You, you, you're better off having somebody that doesn't play. 
Um, yeah, the only other one is, is Ben Johnson at West Ham, but the chance of him playing is, is, is unlikely as well. All right, I've just okay. taken him out of my team. Perfect, thank you. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I, actually one final thing I want to ask is about, because obviously Luke, you mentioned City. So Edison, now he's been practicing penalties. Would he, would he be tempted? I mean, he's probably nailed. Are we falling for that trap again? Where, could, could, you, could you imagine if he ever did take a penalty? Could you imagine FPL Twitter? What, what That would be an absolute circus for the week, wouldn't it? Um, Edison's one of these. I, I think there's always a point in pre-season where people go, Edison? And then you go, <laughs> no, 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 no. silly. Because r- realistically, Barkman or, or, or Sanchez at Brighton are probably going to score, what, 10, 20 points less than him over the season when you include bonus and saves it's just it's just yeah. not what literally and unless he starts taking penalties even if he does take he's penalties not he's not going to take them all right because especially if kane moves there because that's going to be a hard sell like ah, oh, thank you very much kane you've made the biggest transfer ever and we love that we're spending four hundred thousand on you but our goalkeeper would really love to take some penalties <laughs> and yeah. i can't wait to see what happens on fpl twitter so I'm sorry, Katie. You've got to sit this one out, I'm afraid. <laughs> it's not going to happen. My, my, my dream with the people that pick Edison is that Edison gets a 90th minute penalty. It's nil-nil. <laughs> he misses. misses. The other team go up the other end and put it in. And he, he goes yeah. to get a 15-pointer to a, to a two-pointer. Yeah. The swing, people would just lose their minds. It Unless I own him, that would be amazing. Yes. I'm, I'm, that I'm would be so it. Man City. Because if he ever did take a penalty, and I'm not saying he will. I don't think he will. But he'd probably miss. And then never take one again. Like that tends to be what happens with with Man City. Yeah. I mean, even when Rodri took a penalty, he was very lucky to even Ooh, score it. Terrible, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, was, it really was. It really was. But should we move on to to attacking fixtures? Because I do want to come back to defenders um, because of West Ham. Obviously, you mentioned Ben Johnson. We mentioned Souffal, but we'll save that for when we get onto West Ham. Okay. There was really quickly. There was two in the chat that I wanted to mention. Kyle Walker, five point five. Obviously. Tottenham have the fourth best offensive fixtures, according to the Hubs ticker, and also Duffy at 4.0. Now, I'll take Duffy as a Celtic fan. Do not get Duffy. Please don't get Duffy. I mean, he might have a re- little bit of a resurgence, but it just... It's... I'll take Duffy as an FPL fan. Don't get Duffy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I watched a lot of him last season. It, was, it wasn't very good. Um, but yeah, no, what do you guys think about Kyle Walker? Um... Good in the Euros. Yeah, but but good in the Euros defensively. Mm-hmm. He's so bad going forward. Bless him. I, yeah. I I I remember just sitting there watching watching a few games with my friends saying, if this bloke had even trained for the last ten years, an hour a day putting some crosses in, he could he could have been absolutely world class, like the the pinnacle of a fullback. He's so good defensively, so poor attacking. He he just cannot whip a ball in. It's it's really poor. So. No, from from an FPL point of view, you, you might as well go John Stones. If you're going to spend five and a half, go John Stones. There's no yeah, I agree. That's, that's when I've had City players in my in my drafts, and there's not been many drafts. It, it's been Stones because he's less than Diaz, and yeah. he'll either play or he won't play. So yes. I think if I risk it, it's going to be him. But I'm I'm going to wait a little while because I'm a bit scared after last season. Hundred percent. I just realised I said Spurs. My head's still in 2016 or wherever. <laughs> <laughs> um, Man City, but yeah, I like, didn't can, even notice. I know. I just realised there. I was like, wait, no, no, he plays for City now. I'm sure. <laughs> um, first episode of Surgery Host. Hello. Um, shall we move on to the attacking fixtures then? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Perfect. All right. So on the screen, just for people who are listening, um, it's Brighton 
Aston Villa, uh, Liverpool, Spurs, West Ham. Oh, no, wait, hold on. Did I change it? Did I even change it? I did change it. Oh, they're the exact, almost the exact same. Um, it's Brighton, Newcastle, Man City, Man United, and West Ham, with Liverpool almost there in the top five, but not quite. Um, in the actual ticker, we've got a 7.8 as the highest, and then it's 7.7, 7.7, 7.7, 7.7. It's like a four-way tie for second place. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, you it's all very close. But, I mean, Luke, obviously you mentioned Liverpool. So, I guess guessing the first name on your team sheet is going to be Liverpool players, maybe Salah? Yeah, Mo, Mo Salah would be my captain. I think he'll he's likely to be my captain probably game week one, two, and five. Mm-hmm. So, they've got Norwich, Burnley, and Palace there. And, see, I, I'm seeing a lot of people saying there's no point getting Bruno because you won't captain him. For me personally, I will then captain him in three and four, where Man United have Wolves away, Newcastle at home. I think that's perfect rotation. Wolves under new management might be completely useless. We don't know yet. So you don't want to go into game week three without Bruno when Liverpool have Chelsea and Wolves have lost their opening games four nil. You'll you'll be you'll be yeah. desperately trying to get him in. Like yeah. you'll be you'll be all over the place thinking, oh God, Bruno's about to get two goals and an assist. You need to get him in. So. I'm playing it safe on that one, which I, I think you, you just can't afford to go about him when he's n- nearly 50% owned. It's just not not worth the hassle, in my opinion. Okay. Game week three, like you highlighted, that is that is the tricky one. And yeah. I, I, I guess a lot of that depends on maybe Kane as well. Because um, obviously they, they play Watford, but it's mm-hmm. Watford away from home. So not not quite as good. I guess you could look at Captain in Son. Yeah, of course, of course you could. I know, I completely. I, I've seen a lot of people that are getting rid of Bruno to get like a Greenwood or, or a Sancho along with Son, which is completely fine. I, I back that all day long. But we, we know what we know what Bruno does. Yeah. Bruno, I remember that the, the the one last year where he played West Brom at Old Trafford and, oh. and United were useless, weren't they? Mm-hmm. And he got a dodgy dodgy um, VAR penalty, eleven points, and all of a sudden, if you didn't own him, you'll get your your rank. Yeah, that was me. Yeah. That, that was a retaken penalty, wasn't it? Was that the yes. retaken? Yeah, that was yeah. the retaken penalty as well. So, so for me, Wolves, Newcastle, perfectly good captaincy games to, to rotate nicely with Salah when he has poor fixtures. For me personally, I think that's a no-brainer. Just just do it and and save yourself save yourself time thinking. Yeah, so we all we all fail together. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Gotcha. Would you be the same same Dave? Are you going to go Salah? And Bruno. I think if I'm going to wildcard in game week three, then I don't need Bruno the first two game weeks, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I'll definitely be bringing him in. I'm not going to, I'm not an idiot. Like, <laughs> I, I, there's differential and then there's not going without the best player of the last season. Um, I'm fine to, to fail together. I'm, I'm very much of that mindset of, of playing it safe. Um, I can't really see myself going too far away from the template, even when I am going to be um, playing differential, but I'm definitely going to be looking at the at the fixtures a lot more um closely especially especially with like outside players obviously you mentioned son greenwood etc sancho potentially if he's going to be starting um i'm not 100 percent sure what kind of uh, price point um that's going to be my fourth midfielder depending on if kane's you know a little bit of a sneak into everyone's team then i'm gonna have to start thinking about him as well um but by and large uh yeah with the with the two main guys you can't really go wrong um but looking at these fixtures just now, like Brighton's still top, um, Newcastle sneaking in there. Are any of you guys thinking of any attackers from these guys? 
From who? From Brighton or Newcastle? Yeah, because they've they've they're edging City, United, Liverpool, um, and West Ham's obviously uh, smashed in between them. Um, but yeah, Brighton and Newcastle, very top of the board. I, I mean, personally, I don't know about you, Luke. I don't really trust Brighton attackers. Callum Wilson might be tempting for some, but I don't think it's tempting enough for me. Um, I think there's several other strikers I like. But again, it depends on Kane. Kane seems to be... I think this is why it's good discussing fixtures. But when we get into the players, it becomes really vague, doesn't it? Because we're talking about Harry Kane, but we don't know where he's going to be playing. Yeah. I don't know if he's even going to play game week one. It looks like he, he won't. Um, I mean, what do you reckon about those two teams, Luke? Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think with regards to Brighton, the one you'd probably look at is... Danny Welbeck up front because he's only six million. But <laughs> Mike, if I start the season with Danny Welbeck, just delete my team. Like, I've, I've gone mad. It's not worth the time. <laughs> and potentially Trossard, but Trossard is six and a half million. And, and can you seriously make an argument for Trossard in comparison to the likes of Rafinha and 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 Buendia? The, the, the numbers yeah. are just so far off. I think Harrison. Trossard. Trossard's, Trossard's expected goal involvement last year was 0.36. Rafinha was 0.6 and, and Buendia was 0.63 in the championship, obviously. But you just, you can't, you can't make an argument for that. Their defence is obviously fantastic, but the, the attacking numbers, they're, they're also spread and you just don't know what formation they're going to play every week. They move so much. Sometimes Trossard's up front, sometimes he's wing back, sometimes he's midfield. It's, it's, it's not worth the time. Yeah. No, I get you. Um, who's who's taking penalties for Brighton these days? Does anyone I know? know? Danny Welbeck took Danny Welbeck took one yeah, recently. I remember. They 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 lost to West Brom one nil away, and they missed two penalties. Gross, Gross took did, the first one. Welbeck took the second. Oh, did Gross miss one? Gross, Gross missed, and then Welbeck missed. So okay, <laughs> so it, so the jury's it, still out. Genuinely, be Dunk. Gen- could you imagine if Dunk was on pens? Oh, that'd be nice. Beautiful. But the, the whole the, the whole chat around the attackers and how they could be rotated and we're not even sure who's on penalties. Yeah, that brings you back to Dunk again, doesn't it? Where he's he's safe. Same same with yep. Sanchez. Uh, we yeah. hope. Obviously, their goalies did. You know, they had the whole thing with Matt Ryan last season, and a lot of goalies ended up not being nailed. But actually, spit the, just recording this podcast now it makes me want Dunk that little bit more um, than normal. He is, he is a good FPL asset. I mean, I remember in the past he has scored own goals and got red cards and stuff. <laughs> but don't bring I think it up. It's, I think it's worth the risk. Um, I actually also wanted to talk about Aston Villa. Um, you mentioned Luke, then you mentioned Buendia. Um, I've actually got Matty Cash in, in my current team because those first, if we look at like the first three for Villa, those mm-hmm. first three fixtures, they, they, I mean, they look incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if, I, if, I, if I were Dave with, with your, your early wildcard strategy, I would be on triple Villa and maybe even include Martinez. I oh, think really? I'd go Martinez. I think I'd go Martinez, Buendia, and and Watkins on your strategy. So um, they've got just for people again. Um, thank you very much for listening. If you're listening ahead of time, but uh, or not ahead of time, but you know, what I mean, on the podcast only. Watford, then away, Newcastle home, uh, then Brentford, Chelsea, and Everton. So yeah, it's it's these first three that are that are really good. So. Yeah. I like what Luke's saying there with 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 your risk. I mean, I'm I'm looking at going for for Watkins and Cash. Um, like I mentioned, I mean, I mean that that could well change, but it's just that you've got players for those first three games, and then if I did end up wildcarding earlier, it's easy to get rid of them. And hopefully, fingers crossed, it creates a good start for once. What if they don't have Grealish though? What do They've we got do? Buendia. Yeah, but yeah. does so? Do you guys not care at all? Does it not even come into your thinking? 
because obviously he was extremely good and he did very I mean, well, what, especially Watkins for the start did, of the season. Did all right in the end without without Grealish towards the end of the season, so uh, it wouldn't scare me that much. Right. Okay. Good. I mean, it was. I, I don't think I, I'm that worried about it either. But I'm I'm sure there's plenty of people out there thinking, oh, you know, Grealish is going away and he was their best player. So obviously it's more of a uh, yeah. A I wouldn't bit more complicated. I think at most I'd go for two obviously i get what luke's saying with you wildcard and you could go for three um but maybe i'm a bit scared of triple ups after last season plus (laughs) i don't know if i will wildcard and i don't want to have to use three transfers yeah you know for that for that chelsea game yeah even though that could be a good game for martinez if you went for him you never know they can be you know those harder games could be the better games for him especially with like Werner's finishing and if he's dying well usually what happens is a goalkeeper will emerge in the first couple of game weeks anyway so if if you know, we we see something similar to what happened with Martinez last season. He's probably gonna we're gonna know by game week three or four anyway. So an early wild card kind of sorts that out. It's exactly when I brought in Martinez last season as well. I think I started with Ramsdale. I think it was FPL General that <laughs> bloody convinced yeah. me on something, and then he <laughs> stuck with him for like thirty game weeks or something. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm getting off this train immediately. <laughs> um, but yeah, so and I'm 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 fine with making a goalkeeper mistake. So if if Martinez uh, if it turns out that it was a one season hit, then then I'm good to jump off that train. But yeah, no, it's definitely food for thought. Definitely nice. Not. And if we go on to if you can go on to the next next slide. So we've also got on hub, they've got basically this this table where it looks at the strength of the team. So it's not just who they're playing, it's not a fixture difficult rating against the team. Um, but it rates them by, you know, the strongest teams against the weakest teams. Yeah. So on the screen, um, at the top, we've got Man City, then Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Brighton, Arsenal, and then Aston Villa. It's quite an interesting way of looking at it. Like, I, I, I don't know. How, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep an eye on it because I, don't, I don't know how that would pan out using something like this. But it sort of does make sense because just because a bad team has good fixtures doesn't suddenly make them good. And yeah. I mean, looking at it like this, it shows how good Brighton's Brighton's fixtures are that they're sit, they're sitting fifth. Um, I was gonna say above teams like Arsenal, but. You know, <laughs> poor ice man and other Arsenal yeah, people. Be but, yeah. <laughs> so, Luke, are you looking towards getting any um, City attackers at all? Um, obviously, that's a bit of a contention, especially with all our money tied up elsewhere. What are you thinking, man? Yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I'm toying with the the the, the Mares punt, with, because he's pretty much the only attacker that hasn't been involved in any sort of tournament for them this this summer yeah so Mares coming back with fresh legs you'd expect him to do well could could be on penalties as we mentioned earlier we've got no idea who's taking their penalties but with those fixtures you could even have a little captaincy punt on him game week two at home to Norwich if you're if you're adamant he's going to play so it's there's some good fixtures there yeah, definitely. Whether I end up going for it, I'm really not sure. I, th- I think you'd have to completely change the way, you, probably your strategy. I think you'd have to go from a three-four-three to a three-five-two to do it, and then yeah. you end up with a you end up with a dodgy four-point-five million striker that's never going to get you any points off the bench if you need them. So, it's it's a punt. I think potentially that's that's one for you on your early wild card. You could take yeah. a punt on someone like Amares. Um, whereas for me, long term. That's just a transfer waiting to happen as soon as he goes two games without a match, isn't it? Yeah. So, is there anyone um, from that kind of price range that you're that you're looking at instead that you're kind of a bit more confident with that isn't a, a big risk? Because obviously, we could talk about City and risk till the cows come home, but ultimately, yeah. we do all need to make a decision. So, have you made that decision yet, or are you at least toying with the idea of someone else? 
yeah, I, cu- I currently don't have anyone in that kind of like sub-premium yeah. bracket, you know, the, the 100%. 8 to 10 million. Like, it's just, it just doesn't, it doesn't, I, I prefer going on the Salah Bruno because you, you can then always downgrade. It's the same reason I'm, I'm looking at Trent and Robertson because I can downgrade Robertson to whoever looks good out of the yeah. Diaz, Cancelo, uh, Reese James bracket. And that's also Whereas, something that we're going to be talking about uh, later on with this, the, your favorite structure or formation. But yeah, that definitely comes into play. Obviously, because you, you're picking the 3-4-3, three, three, um, you can't really take more risks in a midfield position too. City are so tempting. Like I, I read the other day, obviously, about Foden being in his, in his walking oh, here boot. here we go. And, well, because <sighs> Foden, Foden <laughs> might not make the start of the season, which then brings into play... You know, Question players like Mar- like Mares, like Luke said. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. I'll allow it. I thought we were going to start on a Foden train there already. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Do you what know what? He's not, he's not in my... Oh, do you know what? If Sterling wasn't that expensive, he could he could be tempting. <laughs> he could be tempting. No, he can't be. He can't be a tempting. You've got... There's so much more to spend your money on. Surely not, Rich. You're not going to do that to yourself. On, on, that, on that, they're, you know, top... Top for the for the five, first five game weeks. I, I, I'm not going to do it, but I might. You will. <laughs> You'll do it. I, gar- I guarantee you, you will captain Raheem Sterling in the first 10 game weeks. I would put good money on that. I'm really tempted to just give you the floor, put your face on the main screen and give you 30 seconds to try and convince everyone that Sterling's a good idea. And I'll bet you a lot of money that it turns me off even more. Well, well I mean, I haven't got Sterling in my own team, so I'm not gonna, right, not okay. gonna start, start, right. start backing that. Um, <laughs> if we get onto our second headline, yeah, go so for our it. Second headline: It's West Ham, and there's Perfect. good reason for that. We've got a lot of questions um, for you, Luke. Like, uh, there's an awful lot, so we're trying to get through as many as possible. We've got a few stats, and obviously, you've got all the West Ham knowledge, so this should be good. So, Pep Talk has asked, how will West Ham cope with having to contend with Europa League football and continue the good work they did last season in the Premier League with such a small squad and basically only one occasionally fit striker? So how will the Europa League affect that little squad? <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I took some notes down on different questions and I, I, I wrote some quite long answers to most of them. This one, I purely just wrote badly. Um, <laughs> we are... All right, we are, question two. <laughs> yeah, we're going to struggle big time. Our, our current backup striker is is Yarmolenko, who I, I don't think he'd beat me for pace. It's <laughs> you know you know he's he's so he's so one dimensional. He, he cuts onto his left. He's he's terrible, absolutely awful. And our backup midfield pivot behind Rice and Suchek is Mark Noble and no one. So that's always good. Mm, yeah, it's it's a, it's a problem. We. We're going to have to play our first team every week. And Antonio playing Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. He, he I think we start our Europa League campaign and get after game week four. I'd be shocked if he wasn't injured by game week six. Yeah, it's I'd be shocked if he even made it made it that far with with his, with his injury history. Yeah. So, I mean, are there any players you're looking at signing or, or no? Yeah, you'd like happening? to think so, wouldn't you? Um, I said at the start of the transfer window, we, we need to sign at least six, at least six, so that we have... You look at the likes of Arsenal and Tottenham who have been in Europa League for the last few years and they've kind of used it as a way to give their backup players a, a, a game or two. Yeah. 
we don't have those backup players to give the games to. We we need some backup. So for, we've been linked to um, a lot of different goalkeepers, Johnston, Ariola, Ramsdale at points, um, Matthias Pereira from West Brom, Tammy Abraham, uh, Kral from Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. I just think we're going to sign as many Czech players as we can because they've done well. That seems like a, a good way to scout players. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's worrying that we're we're struggling to bring players through even even a few three agents you know you see the amount of players that um crystal palace let go just take a few of them get gary cahill and patrick van arnholt through the door they're, they're not great players that they're, they're probably past it but just bolster that squad it's it's seriously worrying yeah is this like you did at the end of last was it last season when you signed dawson yes looking at yeah, that, that kind of our best center player. back now yeah he genuinely is our best center half and that's that's an issue <laughs> i thought that was going to be like a that was a tale of oh you know look you know even even though we've done poorly in the transfer window our, our main guys came up but then you're like no it's a, he's rubbish and he's our best <laughs> <laughs> all right i love it's that a good goal threat though mm. um so fpl tactician andy martin has asked are bowen and ben rama's minutes just too unreliable to select one of them so i mean that's quite that's quite interesting actually obviously i quite like ben rama yes yeah, uh, obviously the thing you have to factor in now is we don't have Jesse Lingard. So he played a massive part in our team towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Bowen ended up missing out on a lot of games purely because of Lingard. We couldn't afford to have all of them. We ended up with Antonio up top, Lingard in behind, and then it was Ben Rama, Fornells and Bowen into the two spots out wide. And sometimes we'd play three at the back and then you'd only have mm-hmm. one spot. So... Bowen missed out. For me, with Lingard gone, I think Bowen will play every game. He takes half of our corners. He takes the corners on the left-hand side. You know, with with Dawson, Ogbonna, Diop in the box, Suchek in the box. There's opportunity for assists. Bowen also, I like the fact that you know what you're getting with Bowen. Bowen is a very old-school winger where if he gets the ball on the wing, he is going to look to turn that into a cross or a shot. So he has one thing in his mind. I'm either going to hit the byline and cross or I'm going to cut inside or try and beat a man and get a shot away. Very much, I want to create a goal. Whereas Fornells and Ben Rama are a bit more technical. They they will mm. potentially, sometimes they'll play it backwards to try and recycle the play and create something else. They'll they'll potentially try something special, which won't always, always turn out well for them. But that's the reason why Bowen's, um, Bowen's expected goals are, are far better because he's... He's very one-dimensional with his thinking. It's I'm gonna I'm gonna try and create something that could get us a goal, which from an FPL asset is all, all you can really ask for, isn't it? If, if your player yeah. is looking to get goals and assists, that's fantastic. Whereas Ben Rama might be the guy that does a fancy little flick to Creswell, who crosses it in and Suchek heads it in. You're not getting anything for it. So, right. Personally, for me, I think Bowen will play pretty much every single minute, and I'd, I'd back him for an extra 0.5 million over Ben Rama all day long. I've been just, waiting to see the 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 Bowen that we saw at Hull. I mean, obviously it's a it's a higher league, but you know he was very very explosive in that league. And yeah. I think it, my memory might be serving me wrong, but they decided to sell him, and then they ended up getting relegated because I think they thought they were safe. And yeah. losing Bowen, you know, completely destroyed Hull. Um, For everyone who has just decided. Uh, I might think about Bowen now. He is six point five million. I just looked him up <laughs> just in yep. case. I could hear. I, I don't want to say next there, slide, like, please, because I've just been called out in the chat, sounding like Chris Whitty saying next slide, please. So, I love it. I feel like a teacher's pet. 
Because we've got some <laughs> um, stats just l- looking at Ben Rama against Bowen. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, that's a bit big. That's All right, fine. so it's on the screen now. I'll, I'll avoid any jokes. But obviously, you also mentioned four nows. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so with Ling- let's pretend Lingard's not going to go back to West Ham because obviously that look, that looks quite unlikely. Yep. What, what what do you see your attacking players being? Will it be those three um, behind Antonio, or will it be mixed up a little bit? And yeah. So if you if you look at what we did last season, we played twenty one fixtures with a back four where we tended to play a 4-2-3-1 with three in behind a striker. And then we played three at the back 17 times, where only two of them would obviously play in behind the striker. Was that so, when Masuaku was fit? Yeah, Masuaku or Ben Johnson will, will play. And, and to be honest, we, we tend to do that when we come up against a team and try and face them up one-on-one. So if we were to come up against a Chelsea or last year we came up against Sheffield United, we did it. If, if they're going to come at us with a 3-4-3, we'll do the same and try and get in their faces. Um yeah, for, for me, I think Bowen plays in both of those formations, whereas the other spot is kind of for the te- the technical player. I, I think Moyes quite likes players where he knows what he's going to get. Moyes struggles with the likes of Ben Rama because some days he won't track back. Some days he'll do funny little flicks, whereas I think David Moyes likes a winger that will cross or will shot or will shoot. He 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 knows what he's getting, and he, David Moyes is one of these managers that plays by the numbers. He doesn't want fancy flicks, which is odd because he was the man that signed Ben Rama. Yeah, and he wasn't cheap. What was he? Forty million or some something like that. I think potentially we've had. I think it was twenty-five, and it could rise to about thirty. Yeah. Which, but then I think there may have been a loan fee as well. So you're looking at maybe thirty, thirty-five. It's it's expensive for a club like West Ham. But mm. we we seem to do. We seem to bring in players like this. We did it with Felipe Anderson, where you want to entertain the fans, but then it doesn't actually suit the manager we got in charge, which. It's not. It's probably not the best way to run a football club. If if you're not going to use these fun little players, then don't bring them in. Nice, nice. And um, if we go to the next one, so obviously we've got four nows as well. Um, I mean, is it basically? You sound like you're just going. If you go for one of them, it would be Bowen, even though you know, he's that little bit more expensive. Yeah. If if you're set on a West Ham defender, Bowen Bowen's the only one for me because he'll take some set pieces. And he's explosive, like you said. He he, and he did very well for points last year. He was very consistent because he's got those those avenues to get points. That's what we need to look for in an FPL asset, isn't it? Does he take a few set pieces? Does he shoot? Does he cross? It, it's basic. It's a basic way to look at the game, but that's how you got to do it, and that's what he does. Nice, nice. And we've got a question on. Let me have a quick look. Um, so FPL rookie. Which of Lanzini or Fournals you think is more nailed for minutes? And FPL text, I think you've already covered you know, thoughts on Fournals. So is it just the same same as before, really, then? So it's Bowen or, or no one? Yeah, for me. If you set on a midfielder, Bowen or no one. I think Suchek's coming at six million, which for me, he, he, he was a gift last year for five million. But at six, you'd have to play him every week. And I... I just don't. I don't think it's worth it personally. I, I, he, he's, his goals dried up towards the end of last season when people worked him out. So I wouldn't be going close to him either. But a Bowen or no one for me. And another question we've got: FPL United is basically asking what are your thoughts on Bowen and do you prefer him over Antonio to save a million as, and not injury pro, not as injury prone? So you mentioned you'll be surprised if Antonio is still fit by game week six. Um, but w- which one would you go for if you had to pick one? Yeah, this this is this is the difficult one because Antonio is so good. When when Antonio's fit, he's, he's fantastic. He's always mm. in and around the box, 
And again, that's that's what you want from your assets. Um, in terms of non-penalty goal involvement per 90, he was only behind Kevin De Bruyne last season. Mm. So, you know, as I've just said, he's, he's going to be involved. He, he, his expected liveliness is fantastic. So <laughs> um, I personally would pick Antonio over any of the midfielders because uh, where I've just said his, his uh, uh, non-penalty goal involvement was 0.78 none of our midfielders even hit 0.5 per 90. So the, the, the scale up there is, is enormous for an extra yeah. 1 million. I'd 100% be going, going for them. And again, I, I keep mentioning it, but if I were Dave, he would be in my team for the, yeah. the game week four, game week five wildcard, because we won't have played Europa League games by then. He'll have a whole week to recover each week. And his numbers are going to be very, very good. I, I'd expect him to be on 20 plus points after four game weeks. And then... You can wild card him out when he when he breaks his ankles. Yeah, that's my plan. I'm gonna as soon as he as soon as he breaks his ankles, I'm like right, okay, time to hit the chips. Definitely, he's wild gone. Card time. He's gone. Um, it's it's funny because look, you started off sounding quite negative about West Ham, but you're actually quite persuasive as as well about them. So maybe maybe deep down, deep down, you're well, you've got faith. When does Europe noise. start? When does Europe start? Is the thing, right? Because yeah, we can, it's, it's we know after, they can do it every week, but can they do it every three days? And the answer is yeah, apparently very after, much unknown. <laughs> after after the game week four fixture against Southampton, I think so. We we start off with four nice fixtures, so yeah. it's it, it's it's easy to get them in for that. And what I've tried to do as a West Ham fan, I, I never owned any West Ham players in my first two seasons of FPL, and then obviously last year we were relatively good at football ish. I had to kind of change that up. I, I couldn't afford to go without all of these good players. It it, it was just silly. So yeah, yeah. now I kind of look at it on a on a stats point of view and and take a try and attempt to take away my my negative bias because I am so negative towards West Ham. I, I think we are utterly <laughs> useless every single season. Oh my goodness! I really liked watching West Ham last season. <laughs> I, I thought quite similar when Reading won the league and you you didn't. Um... <laughs> okay, well, that that was the end of the stream. Thanks for coming, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we need we need you, Luke. We need you because um, we've got questions about um, defenders as well. We're gonna um, we're gonna hold that off though. It was a very good stop. We're gonna go for a little piss break, and we will be back to keep going with uh, West Ham. Oh, have you had an accident? All right, it's time for the ice man. Just we're forty five. We're halfway. We're we're at the <laughs> half time. Let's do it. We'll speak to you guys in two seconds. We are back, guys. Sorry to interrupt whatever you were doing, but we are back on track. It feels weird doing that live, like re really strange. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it was strange. You're right. There were strange things afoot. Definitely. Um, people who are listening only will not understand that joke, but and neither will Rich. But everyone else knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> so we were moving on from, from West Ham... Yeah, let's wrap yeah. up the second headline. So we've had some questions um, about defenders. So we've got some stats on screen. Sue Fowl against Cresswell. Um, all these stats, by the way, are over, over 90 minutes. Um, I thought it was a good way to compare them. I mean, what, what are your thoughts, Luke? If you had to go for one, obviously they're different prices. And it's a question a lot of people want to know. Sue Fowl against Cresswell. Which one? Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I think... Um... 
if you if you said who do you think over the course of the season scores more points, I'd potentially back Creswell just. But that's that's not the the, the debate, is it? Obviously, with with one of these defenders, you're maybe going to bring him in for the four, first four game weeks. So is is half a million going to be worth it? I, I'm not sure. I personally would be going Soufal, even though he's not going to be on any of the set pieces. His expected assists weren't that far off Creswell, despite Creswell being on a lot more set pieces than Soufal. And also, Soufal, when we play in the 3-4-3, gets into the box a lot. He's yeah. he's in and around the box as a wing back. He he gets he gets a, a few shots away, and at some point he might score some goals if he gets a, a bit of luck on his side. So for me, first four or five game weeks, I'd I'd be on Soufal over Creswell and bank that point five, try and try and upgrade somewhere else. I was quite surprised actually how close these two were when you yeah. consider obviously Cresswell having some set pieces. The only thing he really dominates on was was crosses. Yeah, as as you'd expect, they seem quite quite close apart from that yeah um, the, the the expected assists really weren't that far apart for, for, for the season in the end considering as you say Creswell took pretty well over 100 set pieces across the season Soufal didn't take any so maybe if, if Soufal ends up taking a few of the corners or some of the indirect free kicks and all these sort of things his numbers could go up and he really improved towards the end of the season and and for me he was the best uh the best right back at the Euros. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. So yeah, I think he'll, I think he'll bring that back back with him. Uh, he he is he is our, our our standout right back that we've had him in my lifetime. I think he's absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, and he was only ex- Cresswell was only expected to get one more assist across the season than than Soufal. Um Chances created, we had forty five for Soufal and then fifty nine for Cresswell. So I mean, yeah, Soufal is is very interesting. I mean, does you obviously mentioned Bowen might be start to take more set pieces? Does that impact on Cresswell at all? No, this is this is what happened last year. Um, again, it's just David Moyes being pragmatic. He he, mm. when the corners are on the left, Cresswell will take. When the corners are on the right, Bowen will take because he doesn't want his left back being out of position taking those yeah. corners on the right hand side. So it's it's just. Um, it's just classic David Moyes management. If I'm honest, it's I, I don't I don't know. I, Creswell's definitely a better corner taker than Jared Bowen, but Moyes doesn't want him out of position, so he will constantly take those corners on the left and the, the free kicks on the left, and Bowen will probably be on on the other side. But Soufal did start to take a few when Bowen was off the pitch, so you know, and he put some good balls in. So potentially this year it will purely be left back does that, right back does that, and it will be basic. About basic David Moyes set piece management. I wish Kufa or Soufal took the the corners on the right. That would be amazing because yeah. if, he, if he's matching Cresswell just now. Um, by the way, everyone listening, the stats that we're looking at they are extremely extremely similar. Um, all these stats we get from the Hub membership, and you can sign up. There's links in the description, all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, all the, we, they've got like this really cool kind of circular thing. I forget what it's called. Does anyone know what that's actually called? Basically what Pez used to do, RIP. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows what I'm talking about when I say that, but no one knows the name of it. Anyway, and, and it's pretty much identical other than like we said, crosses and some chances created. So um, that 0.5 might actually go, go quite far. Um, for someone who's maybe not too worried about the fixtures and just wants, you know, a long-term decent asset. Um, are you are you cool with, with Soufal for the whole thing or 
are you thinking you know actually i'd probably play cresswell longer or are are you absolutely dead certain that you don't want to um move away from sufal at all potentially i think i'd probably go sufal because if we as i say we, we play a three at the back half the time yeah and when we play a three at the back cresswell ends up as a center half where sufal bombs on as the wing back so if we end up playing more three at the back next season Mm-hmm. At Creswell, Creswell's a, a, a really poor asset in comparison to Sufal because Sufal really does get forward uh, as as a wing back. When when if if he plays twenty five plus games a wing back next season, he could he could get one fifty one sixty points. No 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 issue. That's pretty good. All right, I'm gonna have to have, have, have a long think because I, right now we have one West Ham and we haven't really spoke about him that much. No, I, I almost <laughs> don't want to stop this headline, um, but I think we're gonna have to move on to the next one. But Honestly, that was that was brilliant. That was really, really good. One of the favourite headlines we've ever had. Um, this season or the whole time? Because there's been one, one episode. Had... <laughs> um, That's my top, top two of all of this season. So we move play. on to our third headline then, Dave. Yeah, so the next one we're going to be looking at is all of the promoted teams, Norwich, Watford and Brentford. Um, I'm really excited particularly for a few different players from these, but I don't want to kind of stir the pot a bit or, or spoil anything. So I'm just going to leave it up to you guys. But uh, in regards to the fixtures that we just looked at and the, the headline at the start of the pod, we didn't see any of these guys anywhere near the top, really. Um, however, I'm seeing a lot of uh, Tony and a lot of Sar. Um, and, you know, obviously the Pookie Pie has to be mentioned. So, look, is there any standout players for at least the first couple of fixtures that you're thinking... Oh, you know what? I have to have this player in. Yeah, I, I personally won't. Uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that I'll be able to own him all season. I think he's absolutely fantastic, and that that is Ivan Tony. I, yeah. I absolutely love him. I've watched a lot of Championship last season, and the the thing I like about him, I, I got a question on my Twitter, which was, what sort of game will benefit Tony? Will it? Do they need to be on the break? Do they need to be when a team's sitting back? Can he score with his left, with his right? He has scored every single type of goal imaginable in the championship last season. He scored head at flicks, flick-ons at the front post from a corner. He scored volleys. He scored tap-ins. He gets wonderful assists. He got 10 assists last season on top of the 31 goals. So you're, look, you're basically looking at the championship's version of Harry Kane. His, his, penalties, are, his pen, penalties are phenomenal as well. He does the little um, the, the Pogba run-up, the little shuffle, and, and, and puts someone to the floor at Pogba or Jorginho-esque. I, I personally think he is one of the most exciting players we've had come up from it's, the championship it, in a long, long time. It is hard to find knocks on him. The only real knock I could find is he had a lot of penalties, but then you can twist that to be a good thing. Like you said, he's, he's, he gets he's a lot good of penalties, at penalties. Right, yeah. He's getting penalties. Yeah, and that's and I, I don't I don't I, I, that that's a, something that always makes me laugh is people saying about penalties. But brilliant if if Brentford are a team that <laughs> that if if, if Brentford are a team that get fouled a lot. They've got some very technical, tricky wingers, and then the wingbacks bomb on. There's, there's no reason why they can't get a lot of penalties, and he's very good at them. Yeah, I don't maybe... see that as a bad thing. If, if he gets six or seven chances from twelve yards to score a goal, fantastic. Maybe those people million. got stung by Mitrovic because he had quite a few penalties in his championship season, didn't he? But it's yeah, probably but not a fair comparison. Fun. Fulham are a very different team. Fulham, Fulham used to bore teams into submission and, and, and <laughs> pass sideways and backwards for 90 minutes, whereas Brentford will always look to have... When, when they pick up the ball, they are looking to score a goal. 
they will they will try and create something when they have the ball. They don't keep possession as much as a team like Norwich, but they're looking to create. And when they do create, Tony likely will be involved. He had 31 goals, 10 assists in, I think they scored 79 goals last season, high 70s. So he's involved in well over 50% of their goals, which for six and a half million, if, if they go on to score, let's say 45 to 50 goals this season, 20, if, you, if, you, if, you, if I offered you now 20 goals and assists for a 6.5 million asset, you'd snap my hand off. And that's personally what I think he will do. He's yeah. going to end up being a bit of a dead spot, isn't he? Because he's not expensive. He's, he's quite cheap. I think a lot of people are going to start with him. Yep. You're probably not going to captain him. So he's just going to be there in your, in your team. Those are the kind of players I love, though. I love just having players I don't have to worry about. They're not yep. fires. They're not captain threats. I don't have to think about them. You just sit them like Cresswell last season was very good at just sticking in my team and doing me proud. Um, this year, Tony, that's fine. Like Watkins, for example, last season, he was a bit annoying, right? Because he kept missing and hitting the post and all that stuff. And then I know everyone's putting things on a plate for him and he can't finish. But then sometimes he would finish. And the people, you know, I don't want that. I don't. I hate that because then you got to think about it. But Tony, if he's going to be as good as he was last season, he's just going to trickle, then yeah, you can trickle me all day. I also really like the fact that Brentford have good patches of fixtures. So there are actual good temptations of, of times yeah. to get off them. For example, the first five fixtures are okay. They don't play any of the top six teams um, because Arsenal didn't finish in the top six. But they, uh, <laughs> So it's Arsenal, Crystal Palace, Aston Villa, Brighton and Wolves. And then they've got Liverpool, West Ham, Chelsea, Leicester, which is which is poor even even though I'm not really a big fan of the FDR on the Premier League app. Um, they are still pretty bad fixtures. And then you've got a Burnley, Norwich, Newcastle, Everton. And then, you know, it's a little bit iffy from there. But, but by that point, we'll know exactly what's happening and whether mm. we need to keep them in forever. So at least for the first 10 game weeks, there is an opportunity to jump off if you need to, if he doesn't play very well, if Brentford's a completely different team. So the the all these things that I look at when I'm looking at a striker and what, what to get and if there's risk and what blah, blah, blah he doesn't tick any bad boxes he's got he's got everything going for him he's got uh, the pedigree from uh, the league before he's got an okay set of fixtures um he's got risk-free departure points in the in the game weeks um and he's got over 30 percent ownership which means it's even more risky not to have him right now than it would be especially if you're trying to get into a good position to start the season with um so am I wrong? Is there anything else we can think of that's like bad? Are we just going to sit? Are we just like, yeah, no, everyone should have him. Is that, are we good? <laughs> yeah, everybody should have him. He is fantastic. Perfect. You can, you can clip, clip that in nine months time where he, when he scored two goals. That's oh, I definitely, I've already, <laughs> yeah, I've already clipped it. Um, is there, I really wanted to ask you this because a lot of, a lot of this might be like, oh, what do you think of Sar? What do you think of Tony? But is there any player that is coming up in the championship that you have seen in lots of drafts and seen in templates that you think, why are you guys doing that? Yes, the, the one for me is um, Sirielta at Watford. So I've seen Ooh. a few people that have, that have picked him as, as the Wat standout Watford defender, basically because he's a six foot four Chilean bloke that gets his head on everything. <laughs> but the issue with him is he got nine yellow cards in 24 fixtures. So you're looking at the, the weeks where Watford do get their clean sheet. He's uh -huh. going to get you. He's going to get you a five pointer. Whereas potentially, if you get someone like Femenia or Trooster Kong, the other centre half, Femenia might get you an eight pointer because he's put lots of crosses in. I got you. It's it's one it's one of those where 
look, it's, it's not going to make too much of a difference. Of course it's not. But it's one of those things where how how awful is it where you've been sitting on a Watford defender and he finally gets you a clean sheet and then he gets you five points? It's, it's just a, <laughs> yeah. it's just it doesn't look as good as a six or a seven, does it? it? It's just not of, quite um, as nice. Was it Hollabass for Watford where he used to get booked all the time? Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. That, that's it. He he's the new Hollabass, and yeah, it's it's not gonna be, and it's not even gonna be as fun owning him because at least Hollabass took a couple of set pieces and crossed the ball in a bit. This bloke true. might occasionally get his head on a on a corner and it flies into yeah. Rosette. It's to, not fun. To be fair, my, number one, I think it's mental that we're talking about Watford and clean sheets. Um, and number two, and number two is that yeah, if he does get nine yellow cards. Obviously, you're going to have to miss him for a game, potentially. He could go, that yep. could go to red or he could get suspended for too many. Um, but he does only really need to score twice to cover that. Um, but at that point, like, I'm, I'm totally with you. Like, Firmino could get a wee cheeky assist and then yep. he's flying. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. The, the risk just totally outweighs it. So if anyone's thinking about the math there, it still doesn't check out in my very quick uh, summary having not thought about it but yeah no is there anyone else that you're a bit iffy about are you on the SAR train all the way for example yeah so well SAR's, SAR's a tough one so Watford started the season under quite a defensive manager played mm-hmm. a lot of three at the backs then Cisco joined around Christmas and they started with a 4-4-2 gotcha Troy Deeney got injured and they reverted to a 4-3-3 and when they did that they played 14 games and in that time SAR took the penalties because Troy Deeney wasn't on the pitch he scored eight goals and assisted two in only 14 games. Mm-hmm. So he, he he's very explosive. And in the 4-3-3 for six million, he's one of the best assets in the game. But if they then if they then play the 4-4-2 with Dini on the pitch, where he's playing as a right midfielder rather than a right winger and not on penalties, he goes from being unbelievable value to completely useless. And that can that can switch like that. So it's that's yeah. that's a really tough one. I personally will be starting with him if I if I know that they're playing four three three in their preseason friendlies. But the minute they revert to a four four two with Deeney in the team or Josh King in the team, who would probably take the penalties ahead of him too, I wouldn't go anywhere near. You really think he's gonna take penalties off Mr. Deeney? Oh, that's annoying. I really liked that idea of like randomly sneaking a Deeney in and hoping for the best. But now I, that's even worse. Okay, sorry, that was just for me. <laughs> I had that I in the back of my we, mind. We like, haven't mentioned the defenders. Oh well, we you mentioned defenders, and I mean you did. You, we we're probably we're not going to go as in depth as you did on that episode of the Wire, and that that was brilliant. If anyone hasn't seen that yet, but you had some stats about the defense, and while I think they were lucky in certain games, I won't name the games. They were lucky to keep a couple of clean sheets. They mm. did keep a lot of clean sheets. Yes, so Watford are very good defensively. They got a little bit lucky against Reading, maybe. All right. Um, yeah, that was the one, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but so when Cisco came in, he he was in charge for thirteen home games, and in those thirteen home games, they kept eleven clean sheets. So when you're looking at these four and a half million defenders, you're basically looking at those home fixtures, aren't you? You might play them when they're playing a nice home fixture. Yeah. They're very good defensively at home. So. Femenia, maybe even Danny Rose, four and a half million. This is why this is why I like Barkman. I, th- I think he's very, very yeah. good value, and they're likely to get a lot of save points away from home. You've got clean sheet potential at home, save point potential away. He, he's he's one to seriously consider. And Barkman. he's got that that four four million backup. We think as well. Exactly. So, yeah. And, and it's it's realistically, are you ever going to want 
two Watford attacking assets when you've got Barkman and Foster in goal? Probably not. You should be safe. Yeah, I think that's annoying because we obviously we mentioned Brighton earlier and when the prices came out, I thought it was so obvious to go for Sanchez, but Buckman has given us that little bit little yep. bit of a dilemma. But yeah. I'm glad of that, by the way, because it would be the worst thing ever if the whole of Twitter all had the same goalkeeper and then we all cheered and cried together. Like, I love being the guy who is absolutely ecstatic because, I don't know, Ramsdale. It didn't really happen a lot last season, to be fair, but like the seasons where <laughs> you are the only one with X goalkeeper and everyone's upset and you just you do know, a cheeky screenshot of your six-pointer and just pepper it out there on Twitter. It's always <laughs> the best part. So it's, it, I'm really happy that now at least some of us are going to have the wrong goalkeeper. Um, is there any is there any other players that I'm missing, though, that were that are fairly big in the in the promoted teams that we should be talking about the the, the difficult one is is Norwich obviously mm. it's it's tough to talk about them at the moment because their opening four fixtures are so bad yeah uh, the, the 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 easy move is is um Tony to Pookie around game week four game week five because it is all a perfect of a sudden, change yeah Brent Brentford's fixtures uh swap from being good to bad and, and Norwich go the other way which I, I like the fact you've got those options with with Tony. You you can just flip to to Pookie, which is nice. But I, I wouldn't waste your time analysing or looking too much into Norwich at the moment. They're nice to have as a wait and see. Enjoy them, get battered in the first four. Yeah. See if any of their players look good, and then get them in in game week five. How did they so play last season? They the, the the difficulty with with Norwich is they have lost two of their best players. Yeah. When yeah. Wendia was involved in 41% of their goals from the wing. Uh, um, unbelievable talent. Tr- truly fantastic player. And Ollie Skip was on loan from, from Tottenham and he mm-hmm. dictated everything they did. They kept position very, very well and he was at, he was the, 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 the pinnacle for that. He was fantastic. Whereas now they've brought in Billy Gilmore who likely will do the same job. Oh, you watch you watch what you're saying now, by the way. Oh, I'm no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying... I mean, <laughs> Billy Gilmore is a very, very good player, but does he have enough in him to dictate a Premier League game for Norwich as a 21, 22-year-old, whatever he is? It, it's tough. That's tough. Yeah. No, he can do it. I've seen him do it against England. I, I knew you were going to mention that in that nil-nil, in that nil-nil, <laughs> that nil-nil thrashing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I could see see a little smile, face light up there. But yeah, well done, um, Dave. That was he's in my team good. as fodder. So there you go. That's yeah. yeah it's an unusual too. one, Norwich, where you get a promoted team where that you know they lose their best players and they've got horrific fixtures. But I guess it makes it easy to just say we can just avoid them for now. Yeah, and then we only have to worry about the other the other two promoted teams at least. Um, for FPL reasons. Um, so yeah. should we move on to our last headline, Dave? Yeah, go for it. Um, so the last one came from an actual question that we got on uh, on Slack from Jeff. Jeff Pedder, is that how you pronounce that last name? Yeah, Jeff Pedder. It was a really good question. So we made a headline. We were only going to have three. Yeah, but we thought we'd talk a little bit about it. Um, so it was a discussion around structure would be nice. 343, 352. 433 you guys know what they are based on the pricing how are you guys rationalizing them great question amazing question yeah do you want to do you want to start that off Luke yeah I think the value in defense is fantastic and it it Mm. kind of it happens every year doesn't it where someone puts together a 5-3-2 draft or a 5-2-3 draft and everyone goes cool that looks good you look at it once and then never go anywhere near it yeah for me the reason that I like three at the back is because you can plonk two 
4.5 million defenders on your bench and then you've, you've got at least a strong-ish bench. Great point, yeah. The, 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 the issue for me is, the, the way I judge players is fodder plus X. So, you know, uh, 4.5 million is only half a million more than fodder. Whereas a 5 million striker, you're not going to get one. You're not going to get one that's going to do anything for you. Whereas mm-hmm. a, a someone like an Ailing or a Fafana or eight Nori can actually get you the odd odd haul. Um, so I, I like the fact that when you play a 3-4-3 three, three, three or a 3-5-2, you can get Ailing and Fafana on your bench. And every week you've got at least a decent backup backup player there. You put in a player like Mares in your team. If he doesn't play, yeah. you've got Ailing on the bench against Southampton at home or whatever it may be. And I, I personally think that's always the best way to start a season because especially in a season like this where you're seeing, as much as I don't want to mention the word, rising COVID cases, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. people are going to be isolating. You you can't go into the season with Brownhill, Gilmore and, and, and Mankio on your bench. It's just not wise at all. It is it is a really good point. The the obvious uh, caveat or the obvious uh, counterpoint to that is it is the more expensive strategy for sure. Um, mm-hmm. The four point fives. If if you're going for a absolute fodder striker, at least you don't have to spend um, you know six point five million on a on an actual striker that will play or five point five at the very least, right? So you're saving a million. Whereas to go for um, the other strikers, which are which are totally totally rubbish, you can then get a half decent midfielder for that money. Do you know what I mean? So your bench isn't going to be as good, but it would be your overall eleven would be a bit bolstered because of it. So it's a bit more expensive. But I, I'm I'm with you. I've been doing it every season pretty much. Um, what about you, Rich? Are you are you are you going for the rich strategy? <laughs> I mean, I think it's fine to have one completely dead spot. I think like last season, yeah. um, Luke does make a good point on COVID. It's, it's obviously, it's not gone. But, you know, in previous years, people used to have one or two players where they might not even play at all on the bench. Yeah. So I think it's okay to have like one completely dead spot. Like, so if you wanted to just have two, a lot of people say, you know, you can have Brownhill um, and he would definitely play. So he's a great first sub. But how often are you going to need him and how often are you going to play him? So yeah, I think Luke makes a good point on the defenders. The defenders do make the best subs. And um, we mentioned at the start of this all, you know, all these 4.5 defenders. So I'm, I'm, I'm not sure on formation yet, but I wouldn't be against just having two strikers and someone like Oberfemi or someone, even if he, you know, goes out on loan somewhere. Yeah. And then just having two subs. Yeah. He'll be the most consistent player you ever own if he goes out on loan. Let me tell you. Like when you had El Nenny. El Nenny, classic. When you had El Nenny when he was out. But yeah, <laughs> um, so, so I'm quite flexible on formation. So much of this depends on, obviously, Harry Kane. Yeah. You know, if if Harry Kane is at City and he's at City game with one, that's going to change a lot of stuff. Yeah, um, you're going to see mean, a lot of downgrades, we, for sure. Yeah. And also, we, I mentioned earlier, obviously, we said about the Trent and Robertson double up. I mean, if you're going to do that, I then maybe think it might be better to do your, a four at the back formation. I just think the balance of it might look a little bit better, mm. um, but um, it's, it's not going to become clear for a couple of weeks. Of course, I mean we can we can we can obviously start the conversation, but we won't be able to finish it here. However, see every time I do when I am tinkering and I do a draft, four four two seems to be. I don't know what it is. Obviously, the price points, the fact that there are a lot of different defenders that have good fixtures that are 
doing well in their respective teams who did well last season. Whereas with strikers, there's maybe four or five that everyone's talking about, and then they they peter off a little bit. Um, but it means that whenever I'm doing a draft, I'm sitting here with like four decent defenders, and I wouldn't know which one. What do you think, Luke Namjo? <laughs> He's away. Um, <laughs> He really, really doesn't like four four two. For those listed, Luke Luke just ran off, but he's, yeah. he's back now. What were you doing? Putting the lights on. I, I realised I was going very, very dark, and I think with the with the sun going down, I was eventually just going to disappear. <laughs> <laughs> I like that though. It was kind of like the Batman theme that was like slowly playing in the background. It was good. <laughs> um, so yeah, that I th- I think the the problem is there's just so many good defenders. Like right now, if you look yeah. at the top defenders or the 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 top owned defenders. Um, you can't really say anything bad about any of them. Most of them, like Shaw, Alexander, Honor, Diaz, Fafana, Dean, Cresswell, Lamptey, Sufal, Chilwell's even there. Um, although that that's a bit mental. That shows that people are spending that. people are spending a lot of money on the defenders when there's yeah. so many good four point fives around. Yeah, that's true as well. Obviously, there are loads of good four point fives. So I'd, I'd much rather play someone like Fafana than Brownhill. Just just as an example, I mean, no one's talking about starting starting Brownhill. Um, but just in general, I prefer playing like defenders over crap midfielders because at least you have that potential at the six-pointer. Yeah, it's a team effort for a clean sheet, whereas attacking th- attacking points are always, you know, at least or, or only two players can make it happen, really. So yeah. it's it, you've got a double chance of getting a clean sheet in, in the very <laughs> limited math that I'm able to do. Um, totally yeah. makes sense. What about you, uh, what? Hmm. I was gonna. Let's, say... should, we, should we go on to the questions? Because we've got uh, we haven't got actually that long left. And yeah. I think I think that I think that was they were some good headlines. Um, yeah, go for it. I'm, I'm happy yeah. with that. Cool, cool. Um, so as always, we ask for community questions, and we've picked as many as we can, and we try and get through as many of them as possible. Um, you can ask questions on Twitter and also obviously in the chat. Um, so should we start with our question from on our Slack channel? from Xavier. Um, Xavier's listed a load of 6.5 midfielders and it's basically asking, you know, who, who do we think is the best one and who will have an impact early season? And this actually taught me, I didn't realize Deli Ali was only 6.5 million until we were talking <laughs> about this before we recorded. Um, but the players he's, he's given us at 6.5 million are Deli Ali, Ward Prowse, who's in my team at the moment, actually, Tielemans, Trossard, Saka, Rafinha, Buendia as well. Um, so if we come to you, Luke, I mean, are there any that stand out to you? Any you'd strongly consider? The the obvious one there is is Rafinha. I think if mm. if you if if a bookies were taking taking bets on who was going to be the highest score in six point five mid, he'd, he'd be odds on by far, wouldn't he? Just his numbers last season were fantastic. Yeah. Issue is that the the fixtures to start with aren't great, and that's that's personally why currently I am on uh, Buendia over Rafinha. He's uh, in the preseason friendlies. He's taken a lot of the set pieces, which I wouldn't be surprised if he did take them over Jack, uh, Jack Grealish. He's very, very good on set pieces. Very, very strong. So I, I think Jack Grealish will end up doing what he did in the championship a few years ago, where he, he lurks about on the edge of the box, waiting for volleys. When it was, uh, I think, Horahan used to take the corners. I think I think Brendier will do the same. So for me at the moment... Wendy is a, a player who has lots of different routes to points. He'll be taking free kicks, set pieces, uh, coming in deep and, and, and looking for free balls, but also getting shots away. He scored five goals from outside the box last season in the championship. Mm. So he's not he's not scared when teams sit back to have a have a little shot, 
which again is it's not a bad thing from an FPL asset, is it? When when your players are willing to take a pot shot every now and then. No, it's a, it's a good point you make on Grealish actually, because last season was the outlier. His numbers, and I'm talking numbers like goals and assists in the championship, yep. were never that high. Mm. As high as what he put up last season. Yeah. Um. What would your plan be with though? With so if you got Brendia game week one, would you then look to sell after three game weeks? Yeah. This is this is personally the reason I'm only going to own one of Brendia or Watkins. I've seen a lot on okay. on both, and then this is this is the positive of of Dave's potential strategy where you can go for both. Yeah. The reason I wouldn't want to is I don't want to go Watkins and Brendia. Get yeah. to game week get to game week four and have other fires as well where I've had a red card or an injury or whatever it may be and then go, oh crap, I've got two Aston Villa players who now go go and play last season's top six in a row. I don't know their exact fixtures, but they're not great at all. They're really, yeah. really poor. So I think having both is, is a massive fire just waiting to happen. In my nice. In my opinion with this whole thing is that if we're looking at coming from the last headline when we're talking about formations and we've all, we've already talked about our favorite um, players to own and, and, and who we're probably all going to be owning based on template and whatnot, the 6.5 midfielder in your team is probably the first differential player that you're going to be picking. That's 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 where most players have the, this is my, I'm just going to test this player out spot. And if he doesn't work, work, then there's plenty of other places that I can go. So this is going to be my little, like, my little chancer. And I don't want to pick the player in that position that everyone owns, even if he is the best option, because it's not going to take me anywhere. The player that I'm going to pick that everyone else has is Salah, is Trent, is Kane, is is Bruno, blah, 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 right? I don't want to pick um, Rafina because everyone else owns him. That's 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 the place where I want to go for Trossard. One percent. Let's go. You know what I mean? Like I, that, I'm not probably not going to pick him, but but that's that's kind of what I want to think about when I come to that point. So I don't even care what the player is. If his ownership is above like twelve percent max, then I'm probably not going to pick him because that this is where I'm going to jump ranks if I do well. The the, the problem and the flaw with that is. You know, I always like going for differentials who are, I think we talked about this before, but I like going for differentials who are, are highly priced because it's harder for people to get them in. Yeah, Whereas I like if, that too. Like, like last season when people had Lingard, like people jumped on Lingard earlier, Lingard, sorry, early, and they got rewarded, but he was so easy to get to, he wasn't a differential for very long. So, yeah. I mean, if, if you go for Saka and Saka scores back-to-back hat-tricks, He's only going to be, I mean, obviously that would be nice, but he's not going to be a differential very long because someone's going to be sat there with, I don't know, Buendia or Rafinha. And if they blank, they're just going to jump on the player you've got. And I don't know. I think that's the, the problem with that idea. Yeah. I mean, I'm obviously people jumping on Lingard. Lingard was in form for a lot longer than a lot of people should be. But usually, and by, yeah, by so and just, large... Just an example, really. No, no, but... of course. But it's and, it's and it's a fair example. But in, by and large, those players, they don't last very long. And I'm not expecting another Lingard to really emerge. I, I love following fixtures with these players. So if if I get um, Buendia, then it means that I can then start to attack the rest of the fixtures while people are still trying to catch up to the player that I've picked already. And then and then you're constantly in front of the the rabble, if it if you will. So <laughs> that's 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 my plan. So I'm probably gonna and 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 also my my strategy of wildcarding right away um, within three point. or four that's game a good weeks. Point on that. I'm 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 gonna be ahead of everyone anyway, and that perfectly complements the idea of having the six point five differential too. So 
I, there's lo very low risk in me doing this because of the wild card as well. Yeah, yeah. I think Luke's talked you into that wild card. He's put so many like you keep saying he's it. Made he's made so many points up. that make the early wild card sound good. It's part of the simple um, rules. I can't not do it. It's my bloody rules. It sounds like you're committed, and we're only on our first episode. But um, <laughs> I just think from 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 this list of players, I think Rafinha is the obvious one. Him or him or Harrison, anyway. Um, I've also got Ward Prowse on my team, and I've actually started with him the last couple of seasons. Um, and it's more just because I know he's going to play. Um, but he can be quite frustrating um, because obviously he relies on those set pieces and you don't know when they're going to come. And I think I removed him before he scored a load of free kicks last season. Um, plus Southampton aren't very good. You but... did that with a lot of players last season. <laughs> yeah, But he's worth considering. <laughs> like Instead of going for like players that are risky, at least we know yeah, that Ward Prowse is going to... And he's going to play every single minute as well. He's fourth highest, I think, percentage-wise on this list as well. So it's not like... Um, or th yeah, yeah, I'm fourth. not surprised. I'm not surprised. But I don't think many... I don't think he's that popular amongst like Twitter, for example. I haven't seen many people posting teams with Ward Prowse. But should we get on... We'll try and get through a couple more questions before we finish. Yeah, of course. That was a great question. Thank you very much for, 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 for asking, Xavier. Um, yeah. Question two comes from FPL underscore point break. He says, uh, let me just get it up. Is Salah, is Salah, <laughs> Salah KDB a viable strategy for those of us that are bored by Bruno or is it crazy and we should just stay boring? Yeah, as, as I mentioned earlier, I, I like the Salah-Bruno rotation for captaincy. I think it works well. I, I personally would never go Salah and Mane. I think it's a complete waste of 12 million on Mane because you purely, you simply will never captain him. There's no, there's no week where you would ever go, oh yeah, I fancy Mane to do better than Salah because Salah always has that penalty potential. You just won't ever go Mane captain ever. Just not worth it. Whereas if you go Salah KDB, as we spoke about game week two against Norwich could quite easily be six nil yeah. and KDB goes and gets 18 points and you would have captained him over Salah. That's fine. Um, I'd, I'd back Salah KDB if you can trust his injuries. I wouldn't back Salah Mane personally. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think we knew you were going to say about Bru going for Bruno after yeah. what you said earlier. Um, there was just some interesting stats I pulled up on, on Fantasy Football Hub. Um, it was basically, I looked at Mane against Bruno just the last 10 game weeks of last season. Yeah, on your screen and now for those watching. Yeah, and it was just... I mean, basically, Liverpool did have, I think they had the best run at the end of the last season because that's why a lot of us ended up tripling, tripling up on them. So it could partly be that. But Mane did look a bit more himself. His points looked a bit more himself. And Bruno did seem to drop off drop off a little bit. Then he's had a pretty poor tournament at the Euros. I mean, well, he barely got to play. Um, I don't know. Would Looking at these stats, would that not tempt you like a little bit? Because I think people want to have three Liverpool players for those opening fixtures. Obviously, we've said about the there's some little problems having Trent and Robertson. Jota, there's that slight rotation risk. You're not going to go Bobby Firmino. So, yeah, you could always look to get Mane and then jump back to Bruno, or would that scare the hell out of you? Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I, you're not going to go without Salah. You're not going to go without Trent. Mm -hmm. So you then add Mane in. You're spending 32 million on three Liverpool players. You then got 68 million to spend on 12 men. I'm not quick match. You know, you've then got what six and a half million to spend on per every player for the rest of this. It's I can't I can't be I can't be doing that. So yeah, yeah. But look, uh, look. What about my strategy? 
What about your strategy is absolutely yeah. fantastic. Thanks, Luke. I appreciate that. I really appreciate <laughs> that. Thank you so much. Actually, actually, even less, five and a half million for all all twelve players. It's just it, it it's too much. And and then what what happens when Liverpool have a bad run like they did in the middle of last season where they lost five games at home in a row? Yeah, it's totally possible. It, it, Liverpool start the season badly, and you spent thirty two million on them. Bruno in that time scored four penalties and got two assists. It's definitely eggs. risky, but I, I think I'd see more if you went for that Salah Trent Mane triple up. It would be more that Mane is a placeholder, whether it's for Bruno or for say say Kevin yeah, De Bruyne. That, that, and to be honest, look, that's why I brought up my my strategy there because like if I'm going to be wildcard in game week three, then I don't need to start with Bruno. I can have Mane. I can spend all that money and I can totally revert it once yep. the uh, and if, yeah, you know, and even mean, if you're not even if you weren't wildcard and you could still easily move off. I mean, just to run through these stats really, really quickly um, for people listening on the podcast. Um, so the last ten game weeks of last season, big chances created. Mane had four, Bruno had three. I mean, these are very thin margins, but it's just the fact they were close. I found quite interesting. Yeah. And everyone considers uh, Mane to be having a bad season last season. Do you know what I mean? Like he was off the pace, and he's still kind of matching these stats and beating him yeah, in some places. Expect- Expected assists for Mane, he had 3.13. Bruno had 2.46, again, over, over the last 10 game weeks. So yeah. there was definitely, definitely, I don't know, if you only, if you were an alien and you landed on this earth and you only saw that, you'd consider Mane more. But it to would be... take a brave person to go with Mane over <laughs> we'll, Bruno. We'll move on. But to be fair, for the last 10 game weeks this season was the first time I'd ever seen Mane try and pass it to Salah. So there is that. We've got to, like... <laughs> obviously take it into consideration um question three uh was from at generic pie lovely at um he said is sancho better value better value than a sainsbury's meal deal is the question very very important question i'm glad somebody answered or asked it um look <laughs> you eat a lot of meal deals yeah, this is this is the issue i'm not i'm not a meal deal man i'm very Maybe sorry i'm uh I am. I know we had a lot of food chat before the, before the stream started, yeah, but no, I'm not a meal deal. I'm, I'm, I'm just. Uh, I'm going to skip breakfast and lunch and then pig out at dinner type guy. <laughs> that's 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 me, and that yeah. just, it does not, does not like go the well. Di- the diet of a snake, isn't it? We just have <laughs> one meal a day. Yeah. All you right. really go for it. <laughs> I really want to leave it at diet of a snake. Amazing. Particle impact. Asked question number four. Um, <laughs> could we really quickly actually we'll keep it really short but just with I know that was a joke question slightly but Sancho I mean could he be a viable alternative to Bruno no the issue is depends you know as we spoke about earlier Man United get a lot of penalties and people seem to go oh well Bruno's only good because he gets penalties yeah alright yeah. but they get lots of them so deal yeah. with it you know, just, so, yeah Pogba's uh, best season was when he was on the penalties yeah, he got like 10 goals or something and he was on interviews saying oh you know it's the team it's a team game or whatever and he was like no you're only getting interviewed because you're on pens but then yeah. you know next season it's all yeah. about Bruno it's the same thing but they keep doing it we keep talking about it you know what I mean yeah it has it has been an insane run of seasons where they've had you know they've had a lot of penalties but eventually I mean it happened to Palace Palace had that freaky season with loads of loads of penalties with Milivojevic taking them all and then they declined obviously yeah, this Man United fans might 90- not like me comparing this, is, this but, has gone on since 1992 that's yeah. you know that's quite yeah. that's quite a long time now they're, they, they've got coaches in there specifically on how to how to get, go down properly and Can all that. Elise, I'm, I'm, cover Sancho might be a question as well yeah. but we're, we're, yeah we'll move on to the last question Dave <laughs> perfect nuclear atoms or uh, particle underscore impact I think he's in the chat I've seen him in the chat so thank you very much for sending this question in buddy 
Um, since there are so many good options in the forward line this year, who you think are the best in your point of view? So we've got too many good forwards. Yeah. Who we think? Yeah. So I'm I'm currently on Antonio Watkins and Tony, but my strategy last year because there were so many good strikers, but they were more five and a half to seven million last year, as opposed to now they're kind of six and a half to eight. They've they've been bumped up in price this year. I just did the the old hokey cokey whenever nice fixtures came about, like we spoke about earlier. When 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 Tony's fixtures go off, you bring Pookie in. When Antonio's fixtures go 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 badly, bring in Wood or DCL or whoever it may be. Yeah. I I think there's such a, a plethora of options between six and eight million. Just just set yourself up with two seven and a half and a six and a half or who, whatever it may be, and just yeah. be willing to jump off and on when when you're. You've got a player for five fixtures. Get them in, set and forget, and then move on to the to the next the next little lot of fixtures. Went and get Wilson in, then get Bentford in, then get Antonio in. Just move yeah, across the season. Yeah, hundred percent. It worked perfectly. And you did mention it earlier that you would much rather have decent strikers than than a, a a fodder striker because you can get the defenders for cheaper. So that's that's your way. Rich, do how you would think you of how a, would you get to, to to Kane? Difficultly, <laughs> with that, great that, difficulty. That that, I, I think the amount of, the amount of money you've got, it's it's you, you're going to have two premiums, aren't you? So realistically, if you want to move to Kane, you're going to have to get rid of Bruno or Salah one week, and it's it's not difficult with two transfers. So yeah. you, you you move uh, whoever it may be. Let's say Antonio and Bruno. Just change it to Kane and you know Rafinha. That, yeah. that won't be difficult to do after yeah. three game weeks with two transfers at all. It's 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 not. Th- th- this is the thing. People people make these things sound, you know, sound sound so difficult. It's it's two moves. Just save a transfer for a week or or, or take a hit. It's not it's not an issue. The, the, the just, issue I, there is I, losing the the two other guys. But yeah, yeah, if Kane's banging them in and Bruno's not, then it's definitely not an issue. For me, uh, I think uh, it makes yeah. it a strong um, argument for actually starting with Kane. Because everyone's gonna think, oh, I can't get rid of Salah, I can't get rid of Bruno. I'm gonna have to wild card or something to get him in. Um, it makes me want to kind of get him in early, so I don't have to deal with it. Um, yeah, it's it's it, it makes him more attractive, which I never thought I'd say about Kane. But there you go. <laughs> it's just it's easier said than done to sell the the premium players because obviously you've made a really good case for Bruno there, Luke, and then to just like heartlessly you know get rid of Bruno or Salah or. You mentioned having Trent and Robertson as well. And I found having those two, it's really hard to get rid because you not only have to, you know, to downgrade them, but then you have to put the money elsewhere. Yeah, they're a long haul choice, I think, yeah, if you, you start put, with them you with put the yourself season. yourself in a, I don't know, a difficult position because it's interesting because I've got Tony Watkins and, and Kane at the moment. Now, obviously, Kane might not play game week one. So I was looking at doing a Bamiyang and then some money in the bank, which I know sounds a little bit ridiculous, but yeah. that, that could be a way of doing it as well. But... I do like I a bit of money in the bank. Watkins and Tony, they're locked in. I'm not I don't think I'm gonna change them too. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'd agree. Perfect. We're all in agreement. There you go. Thank you very much, everyone, for sending your questions in. If you want us to uh talk about your question, then make it funny or make it interesting and we'll definitely have it on. Um if you're a Patreon subscriber, me and Rich do q and A Q&A every single week from everyone's questions. Um, so you can uh, join us there and uh, we answer your question quite in depth. So uh, yeah. we'll see you there potentially. Cool. We and we got have... some yeah, feedback. We got some feedback. Yeah. I, I, think, I think it's from Bully. 
So obviously people that have been listening to, to surgery for any amount of time know Bully, Bully used to host. I should have probably checked with the Iceman if it actually was. But Bully um, said, up the pod. Well done for keeping the pod alive, fellas. Just on one of our videos earlier. So, so that was nice. That was nice. Um, and, and of course, we have to thank um, Fantasy Football Hub um, for all of the graphics we managed to put on screen today. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to get better at you know, doing the stream and then making it work on the podcast. I think we need a little bit of practice on that day. But <laughs> you need a little bit of practice. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, no, hopefully definitely. people listening, it's made sense. If not, you know, give us some feedback. Um, be as harsh as you like. And, you know, we try and get things running, running a bit smoother. Um, but if you'd like to sign up for that Fantasy Football Hub, we'll put a link in the description. Pre-season offers at the moment are generous. You get 25% off. And I believe it starts from about £1.50 a month. Um, so crazy. if you want to do your own player comparisons, etc., Perfect. Um, so yeah, don't forget to like and subscribe. We would appreciate it a lot. We are trying very hard to bring you guys some YouTube content. We've got a lot of good ideas for preseason content, and they're gonna. Some of them are gonna be series that go throughout the season. Um, if you haven't already, you can check out the form versus fixtures thing that we're gonna be doing. It is a crazy good idea, if I do say so myself. I am the form, and uh, Rich is the fixtures, and we're going to be battling it out with two, uh, you know, alternative teams. So that's going to be really fun. Um, you can support the podcast like we talked about, patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery. And you can also join our surgery podcast league. The code is 4U2742. All right. I think that's all our admin, boys. I think so. I think so. But yeah, Luke, thank you honestly so much for coming on it was nice to have you on your own not that we didn't like having andy on with you but we got to spend a bit more time you know yeah. talking to you directly you there is he talking i think you're muted mate you haven't got your microphone to your mouth i know oh. it's not working should we do the voiceover for you yeah yeah go for it go on he Thanks, said go on guys. <laughs> what has happened hello oh oh he's back it's back, but it's through. I've now unplugged the microphone. My microphone's obviously just broken mid mid pod, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, very odd. Go. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, it, it was it was great, great to be on. I was I was hoping to to go through without any any issues, but I've just given you one right at the end. No, but, no, it's good. Yeah, no, it's it's it, it's lovely to be invited and uh, great 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 to be involved. And thank you very much for having me, boys. Do you have anything you want to plug, buddy, before we go? No, no, I'm not. I'm not overly interesting. Don't worry about it, mate. Well, you can follow follow him him on Twitter. FPL Irons. There you go. All right. One last thing to say, Rich. Up the pod. Up the pod. Iron, say it or I'm not going off. Up the pod. (laughs) Amazing. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for watching. (laughs) Bye.